Hi everyone, this is the Love Your Career podcast. I'm Lauren Severus, CEO of Love Recruitment and Love Care Recruitment. And the aim of this podcast is simple. We want to give you the best advice from industry professionals to help you grow and love your career. We want companies to be able to take guidance on improving their recruitment process and for individuals to pick up knowledge, hints, tips of how to progress their career. We do this by letting our guests tell their stories. Thank you for listening. Truly, we hope you learn to love your career. Today's guest is Steve Orton. Steve is a bit of an industry legend. Um, he is just great at connecting people in our sector. You, you may know him from being um, a co-creator of, of Body Power, which is a huge industry event that happened for many, many years, and now currently um, helping to run PerformX, which is just a really exciting and great event that happens once a year um, that we all very much enjoy going to. Thanks so much to Steve for his time. It's a lot of the advice that comes through in this episode. I think everyone can take something from it away, give some great guidance as well. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. Today's guest is the fantastic Steve Orton. Um, Steve, thanks for joining us. Really, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you coming on. Obviously a very senior leader within our industry. Organised some fantastic events, which I'm sure we'll get into as well. Yeah, um, but to have, to have you here to hear your story and your perspective um, is going to be really, really useful today. So thank you. No worries. No, it's good. Nice. Down, in, down in sunny London. I know, it's nice though, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Um, I guess we'll crack on with the question we always start with. It'd be rude for us not to start in exactly the same way as we always do. It's the Love Your Career podcast. Have you loved your career so far? So, <laughs> have I loved it? I had, I had quite a bit of a think about this one. And I think probably the answer is, I think love is probably an extreme <laughs> term for bit it. too much. <laughs> yeah, I, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I think as per anything in careers or whatever, you know, there's the ups and downs. I think loving it is probably, you know, in hindsight, getting old now. Um, <laughs> I have, I've really enjoyed it. I, I think that's where it's at. But it's, it's something I think there's a lot more there. And I probably don't feel as though I've reached anywhere near either what I want to do or what I feel as though I could achieve. Nice. I love that. I'm smiling at you and nodding because that's, <laughs> I find myself saying... Is that I, a nice cliche? Well, no, it, it's the first time it's come up, but I, I in, in, that, in that way, yeah. but I find myself saying this to people is I feel like I'm really just getting started. Yeah. I'm in my mid-40s yeah. and things have gone okay, but I feel like I'm just, just learning and what... Yeah, oh, massively. What, there's, <laughs> I, there's so many things and I, one of a friend put a post up yesterday on social media and I said, I've said it for the last few years, like everyone thinks they've got their whatever sorted out, but actually everyone's winging it. And I think the older you get, the more you realize that. And the more comfortable you are admitting that. Yeah, but. totally. And like just being open about it, but I don't think anyone really has got, you know, nothing's, you know, a lot of people are great at figuring out what they want to achieve, how Absolutely. they want to do this, but every day is different and you can't, I don't think you can predict what's going to happen and for me, that is that whole thing about you've got to be pretty resilient and pretty fluid to like your views, how you th see things, take a load of things on board, but ultimately make your own decisions 
and I think that that to me is why I look at it and say actually you know if people are winging it and it's not a bad thing that term but yeah. actually a lot more of us are speaking about it and going well yeah we are and and it's good having some sort of some peer groups now where yeah. you know you've even got CEOs and people saying everyone thinks I've got it sorted but I've got all these pressures I've got this this and this but it's almost I'm perceived as this so yeah I, yeah I totally agree I, th- yeah four, 41 now and yeah I I almost feel as though when people go, oh yeah, I was in my twenties, I figured it out. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, not a chance. Now, I've been through quite a lot, and that's almost not recreating me as a person, but I've learned a lot that I can use moving forwards. Yeah. So I did say to you before we started that you'd see me scratching down questions all the time. I've been down yeah. four more already. <laughs> uh, it's t- tough to know where to go with that next. Normally, yeah. it's where I go to your crib. I, I want to pull some threads on some of that, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just really interesting me. Yeah. Um, so I, I tend to go with this. If something interests me, I, I pull a thread on it. Yeah. Do, do you, you say about winging it, and I, I completely agree, everyone to, to a degree does that. I'm not suggesting one second you don't, but do you have a plan though within it? But you're, I guess you fluid to kind of go, do you know what? It's okay if it doesn't quite work out that way because the more people that sat in that chair, it's gone from one inspection being really holistic, really relaxed to really anal, really detailed. Do you have a plan yeah. to go with it? Does that make sense? Do you mean like career-wise? Yeah, life, career, um, business, everything. I have over the, over the last few years, there's definitely, well, pre-COVID, definitely there was more of a plan yeah and you could see with being involved with things like body power yeah. and other events and other products you knew where that was going to go but also you didn't realize the trajectory it could go on so yeah definitely had to be a bit more fluid with it but there was like as a team getting together speak about where do we want to go what do we want to achieve there was certainly that mentality yeah um and for me you know, seeing what happened, whether it's working with certain brands for my own self-development career. Yes, there was, I want to go into that next role, but I've, I'd say there's a couple of people I know really well in the industry that have got their career, like, so right, that's the next step, that's the next step, I want that job title. That. Absolutely. And for me, it's, it's actually never been about title, or it's about the credibility, the, the respect, the role, and knowing, <clears throat> excuse me, and knowing the skills I've got can do that role. Love it. And sometimes, I think that can actually be a bit of a detriment to myself because it's like pre-COVID, and we we did something I was mentioning earlier on Clubhouse. There was about six of us, and we did something where it was like, right, what are your superpowers? And it wasn't coming from yourself; it was how everyone else perceived you. And I think that's when I started becoming a bit more self-aware of how people perceive me nice. and what I could do. Does that tie in this question I've written down? I don't know if it's high as even the same thing. You said, about, you said about making your own decisions and I've written down an example. Has there been times when you perhaps you haven't followed your own your own gut, your own thread? And has that been... Has that yeah, I, I've learned definitely gut feelings are a ridiculously important yeah. and massive sort of judgment call. Um, yeah. I think I've sort of probably one of the challenges that I came across big time was sort of resigning from body power. Yeah. And prior to that, there'd been loads of different things where like you say, you know, did I make the right decision or should I have said something or I don't agree with that. And maybe, and I've spoken to quite a few people about it, is when you're in something, 
you just go, oh, that's how that person is or that. Yeah. And I should have made a different decision possibly or stood up for something. And, and it was only when it got to a point that I was like, hold on a minute, I've got to make a better or a decision here. Do I want to carry on or do I want to you know, take a big, probably risk, make a decision and go, let's move on. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely, definitely decisions I probably wish I'd taken at different times but but also in hindsight I look at it and think you know you're on a crest of a wave things are going in the right direction from a business perspective maybe personally they're not as well in that business yeah but you go along with it for the ride and that's probably one of my biggest learns is not just to do that yeah okay that's absolutely perfect definitely pull thread that more later um let's talk about your journey so you you, you articulated that you are very, you're happy with your with your career so far. Tell us more about it. Talk us through your journey and your career so yeah. far. Yeah. So, well, if we go back, seems a lot of years ago now. Um, <laughs> but so from university, sort of schools, university, massively into my sport. Like probably sport was everything growing up. Yeah. Um, went to uni, did sports science and business management attended quite a few lectures and all of them got through and in my I remember it's the final year of uni and all my housemates were going right I'm doing this grad scheme I'm doing that and I'm there thinking I haven't got a clue like I don't want to go into a big PLC through sort of summer holidays and that we we had a family business that was events and I'd been in my summer holidays from the age of probably 14 15 helping out with events over in Ireland, like doing the, when the modified car show was, were around like Max Power, we ran one called Fast and Furious, we did that. There's a lot of shows that I got involved in. Um, and then coming towards the end of uni, my dad passed away in my, fi- like my final term. And I was just like, I literally went into this like, I haven't got a clue what, I think my, in hindsight again, my head was probably all over the place. Yeah. Friends were, going off to do I'm joining HSBC oh I'm going here and I'm there going what do I do brother got the events company and said come and join us and I didn't want to be that person that was just I'm just going to go and for me it felt like the easy route going I'll go into a family business yeah it's nice so I was like all right there's a graduate scheme and I remember it so clearly it was called white night marketing um graduate whatever and I was like oh brilliant didn't think of anything of it turned up and realized it was no no salary commission only uh center of Birmingham I was living back with my mum at that time supporting her but also it was in many ways didn't have many overheads yeah um so I was like right I'll do this and I loved it from one point because you walked in there was music pumping and it was like a group of people that basically were part of a, a team and there was a really good vibe essentially what happened was I walked in they were like there's your bag off to, heart, off going. to go <laughs> go off and you whatever you sell you get a commission on it um, and I think that when I look back at things was probably the best grounding I've ever had in sales yeah um, it doesn't get much harder than that does it no literally being told no from every, you know, I was going into butchers, mechanic shops, you name it, anything on a high street or anywhere, 
It was like, is there a business? Can we go in there? And you didn't know what was in your bag. One day it might be a fluffy toy. One day it might be something like wow. literally the most random products in the world. And some days people love them, like knives. It, literally, it. Looking back at some, like I, when I say it to my mum, she's like, "Don't speak to me about that job." But actually, it's. I look at it and go, "What did I learn from it?" And that was brilliant. So I did. I did nine months there. Some days earning nothing. Some days earning decent money. Yeah. I suppose. Um, then I. I think a few friends were in recruitment. Um, and obviously you guys in recruitment, but I think one of the things I looked at back in the day was when I didn't, when people didn't know, sometimes you fall into recruitment and it was like, right, I'll do that. I think most of the time you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I ended up at a company called Finance Professionals in Birmingham um, doing temporary recruitment. And once again, it was, I didn't really enjoy it massively, but what I look at is that my sort of senior boss, a guy called Jamal Khan, really really good guy but had an awe about him but was brilliant with people yeah but knew about getting results and success yeah and you could and i learned once again my sales processes i learned you know all of those basics but going from white night marketing and just going out and being told to whatever to you know having a proper process speaking to people going out and you know dealing with finance directors mds at the age of 23 i look back again now and think they probably just thought what's that young upstart doing but the process and what i went through and the skills were brilliant so i did that for two years um and then it got to the point where a couple of the, the events within the family business um, so it was mainly trade events, yeah. uh, so B2B, so pharmacy, dentistry, and then veterinary came later on. Um, so I was sort of overseeing sales for a couple of those shows. Okay. And that that was probably for five, six years, I think, like doing that. Learning. Um, yeah. And it, you know, enjoyed it because it got me into the event side of things. I'd had a taste of it from my holidays and whatever of going oh this is brilliant like we'll go down to brighton we'll go to dublin and you know you put an event on people want to be there and i was like this is brilliant yeah um but i do i always erred on the size side of clients that was sort of the, the client side client facing was always what i did yeah. um so fast forward did that for a number of years in 2008 that business um, essentially went through an acquisition, was acquired by a large media business. And at the time, one of the sales guys, we're all into sport and fitness, but one of the guys, you know, and we're always quite, on, it was very entrepreneurial to be fair. He was like, right, what about, you know, there's this show in America called the Mr. Olympia. And everyone's like, oh, that bodybuilder, you know, and you sort of knew it, yeah. but you didn't know it. And we looked at it, and essentially, it was one of those things that if there was a passion for something, i.e. fitness or sport, and in the UK there wasn't an event, we would literally go, well, let's do that. Like, there was people with, you know, petrol heads that were just like car shows, right, we'll do that. Okay, and, and there was always a strategy behind it. Yeah. But, so that's where Body Power came about, and the guys that were buying it were very B2B organisers, 
they didn't want to get involved in B2C. And I remember seeing the email to our CEO saying, we don't believe it'll work. It's full of people with steroids and this, that and the other. Um, but the beauty of it was that social media was, Facebook was just there, I think. So we were using that. Instagram hadn't even launched. Um, and that was the start of Body Power, um, which I did for 12, 13 years, mm. which was, yeah, it was, it was a journey, big journey, big roller coaster. Um, it grew so well, didn't it? Became a real fixture on the calendar. It was, yeah. I think it's yeah. a, it's a looking back now again. Like I keep saying, looking back, is it? It was a bit of a legacy brand. Um, I shouldn't say, but it's like a blockbuster. Everyone <laughs> knows it, but it's not there now. <laughs> I laugh at that now, but um, yeah, I think it, it became the go-to place for young fitness enthusiasts. Yeah. It, it became that central hub, which, from my view, is what events should be, um, and everyone whether you're a brand mainly consumer obviously but if you're a consumer brand and you wanted to launch or you wanted to be somewhere that's where you went yeah. if you went to the gym that's where you met up and bringing over people like hulk hogan or you know people that i grew up watching <laughs> on tv <laughs> yeah he, he came over like i did a, an agreement with a brand bpi he was an ambassador for them and they got a new launch and it, as per a lot of the athletes come, you're like, it's not realistic, it's not. And suddenly it becomes a reality and you're like, we're gonna have Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and we're, you know, it was it was amazing. And he was actually a really good guy and he brought, I can't remember the guy who used to manage him, but yeah, it was, that was the sort of surreal side of it. Yeah. But then you look at like the success stories, you know, Ben at Gymshark for instance, or Jules and Alec yeah. Grenade, where they attribute, you know, that almost be a launching pad to get eyes on their brand and absolutely you know it went from there so I had a huge amount of real highs um always you know because it was cyclical um there was there was elements where after a number of years thinking it's only two days a year like this is an event it is a brand it yeah. did become a brand but and i think you know we can talk about it more but i don't think it probably reached its potential yeah um which is probably a regret I, th I think that's probably something I really look on and think it could have been a lot more. Um, and then, yeah, so moving through there onto, so I resigned due to probably a number of reasons, but mainly I'm quite a morals, ethic, values type person, and I could see what was happening. And a couple of us were like, don't want to be involved with this. Yeah. Um, so that caused quite a lot of issues. But going back to what we said about making decisions, that was probably the biggest decision I've had to I make. Was. You're quite away. synonymous with it. Yeah, making a massive step. And I'd got what Performex has been created as. I had a vision for creating something. And I couldn't do that through body power or yeah. however it was. So I was like, right, time to go out on my own, find investor find work with people and then create something new so yeah that was for those who don't know talk, tell us about Formex obviously I love that I yeah. really enjoy it yeah <laughs> so Performex is I guess it's a new concept of a live event um, it is very much focused on content being the driving force of why attendees will come to it 
Um, but it's, it sort of brings in, for me, the industry is moving into more of a performance environment whereby the process was a lot more around how people trained, but also it was focused at the fitness professionals market. Yeah. There's not been a, an education event for fitness professionals for probably, probably 10 years. Um, I remember the good old Fit Pro days at Loughborough. Um, so there hadn't been anything for that. There's a, my view was on social media, there's some brilliant stuff and it's been fantastic probably for a huge amount of people, but we don't know who's credible, we don't know who's trusted, respected and all those things. And through the years, I got to know a lot of very good people that were educating people yeah. in what, not just I believe, but through peers were like the right people, not just doing it for attention or for other reasons. Um, so that was one of the premise that Performex was about being credible, respected, trusted, um, but being very progressive. So, you know, the topics we're talking about at Performex and the people we bring in are going to be challenging the industry, forward thinking, um, creating conversation. Yeah. Because I felt as though you've got traditional trade shows which are great for what they do you'd got large consumer events at the end of the spectrums either side there was nothing that represented the modern fitness and wellness industry um so yeah it came together with you know three other guys um and developed performex and used a lot of ip knowledge everything contacts to bring people in and develop performex This episode is brought to you by Share the Love. For every placement we make, we plant 50 trees in the name of our recruitment partners. Share the Love was inspired by David Attenborough's A Life on Our Planet, and thus far has seen us plant close to 20,000 trees, well on track for our 100,000 target. It's something we're incredibly passionate about. And if you'd like to find out more, you can visit either of our websites and find the Share the Love sections. Thanks very much. So, if you don't mind, it's almost bringing those those two big events together. So, you mentioned about body power. You want you thought it could become something really amazing. Yeah. Did you take though that that wish and those learnings obviously into Formex to make it as great as it is? Yeah, I I think definitely the the vision and the ideology behind body power was. You know, it was great for two days. And actually, we launched a product called Body Power 360, which had come about because one of my, I guess, roles within, jobs within my role is insights and research and actually speaking to clients, nice. what do they want, rather than this is what we're doing all the time. And that's something I learned. It's like, it can't always be we're doing this and you just do it. It's like, understand what your client wants. And that goes back to the original <laughs> sales bit. But actually, they were saying, well, that falls into our event budget and we don't always have 30 grand or 24 whatever grand for an event however if it was over 12 months and you said to us it's two grand a month and you get this 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 plus an event plus marketing that falls into our marketing pot which is way bigger so we did body power 360 and actually did a launch event at the ritz um and when amazing did like I think it was about 110 grand's worth of business within the first week after it. But one another learn for me is, if you've got an idea, you've got to make sure the um, 
basically activate it properly and that is something I saw a lot of body power was there were some great ideas but the execution was poorly done so for instance and I laugh and chuckle to myself now thinking <laughs> you've done all of that work getting all of these people going yes we want this and then the CEO was like we don't need a digital marketeer and then the marketer we got was getting questions from brands going, can you give us a report on what this, this, this and this? And she's like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And you're from one side saying, we need this, but if someone else doesn't buy into it and believe it, and that sort of fell down. So the lessons from that were very much, I know brands want more than just one or two, one event, two days. Yeah. How do you engage them further, nice. make them feel part of something? And I think that was the, the idea behind with Performex. But I think also is very much that it Performex is an event predominantly. So that event has to be the core at the moment for anything else to work. Yeah. Um for me, I you know, I think it's it's got potential to be a way bigger brand, a way bigger opportunity to live year round, do various different things with the community that's built. Um, and whether that happens, we'll see. But yeah, definitely my learns were, it, an event is great, but I see it everywhere now. There's like 15, 20 events in fitness, in different sectors, and I, I was with a, CEO of another big events company the other day and he was like I'm just looking at the market and thinking it's a bit of a mess like everyone's trying to have their slice of the pie so there's no clarity on it yeah um, but yeah I think if I want to when I'm involved in something it's about the brand I understand the brand yeah where it fits within a marketplace who the audience is who the clients are how you connect those things and facilitate but also what else you can bring to those people and what you facilitate. So there's definitely been some learnings. Yeah. I wouldn't have, like for me, my biggest thing at the moment is not just being seen as an event person. Like, yes, being behind the concepts and idea and creation of, but I don't do the operation side of things. So actually for me, that's where growing a brand is really important or being part of a brand. Absolutely. You mentioned about the community, and I completely agree. I think you are building up a fantastic community within Formex. What, what are some of the considerations that you have when you're growing that, when you're fostering that, when you're trying to expand that community? What sort of things kind of enter your brain as to what you need to do? I hope that articulated that well. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking it through. You know, from my, I guess I'm looking at it from making sure, like creating it. One of the big things it was create an advisory group yeah. of. I know I feel certain amounts of knowledge about the industry and the sector and the people and that community, but I'm not in it day to day. Yeah. So what I like to do is, you know, from the people that I know over the last 12, 13 years is go, right, love you to come on board as a part of our advisory group. This is what we're trying to do. And they help scope out what that community is wanting, needing, or they tell me what is required. And I think, that has been one of the best things to do, you know, have that advisory group, people that are at the top of their game, but then also people that are coming through the younger generation, maybe that, you know, it, it going online, everyone thinks it's been brilliant, but actually there's a load of people really struggling now, yeah. but they need mentors and they need 
all these different ways of working um, and what their problems, what solutions we can deliver. And that, that's one of the biggest things for me when I'm looking at developing the event, the community, the brand is going, right, those fitness professionals, for instance, they've not had an event they can go to where they've got the best in the world and they're brilliant and they can come away from it going, I can implement that tomorrow. That's a massive thing. So the content, if you're looking at a fitness professional, for instance, are we getting the right people, speak about the right topics yeah. that influence them? Can they be around their peers? Because I think there's a lot of benefit from a peer-to-peer -peer network. Completely agree. Um, but then you look at the, I guess, the more executive decision-making part that comes to performance. You know, they, they're used to going to events every year. For me, it was going, I want to be a bit different. I, I don't want to go against the grain, but I want to push this on. So talking like women's health, female health was a big thing for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, like, is it, speaking to Baz at the Well HQ when I met her, and you go, hold on a minute, we need to talk about this more. And being in a position where you've got an event, and I always think when you go to an event for an industry, you can see the what's happening in that industry. It's almost a lens on the industry, or it should be. Um, so if you don't have certain topics or features there, you're doing a disservice to the industry. Um, and I think, you know, one of the- Missing a huge opportunity, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, massively. And I think one of the best bits for me has been pushing the industry on, I feel, the feedback we've had is, we'd never have heard that topic. Yeah. It's great to have these topics talked about. I'm really pushing the envelope a bit that there's so much more we as an industry can do or as professionals within, rather than just going, yeah, we're, we're great, it, that's nice, but actually you've got to push things on and be a bit, like I say, it's not against the grain, it's just challenging things and making sure it's not just the same faces all the time. It's adding value, isn't it? Yeah. I know you said so much more this, and forgive me, I'm, I'm a simple guy, so I often boil things down to, to simple things, but you said about the, the question about building a community, seems to be the answer is about the value that you're adding. If you add value to that people, yeah. they're going to want to be part of that. Exactly, community. and I, my, my ethos was, if you look at social media, why do people view certain pages or follow certain back. people? Yeah. It's value, yeah, yeah. it's all about value. If you provide the value, people will turn up or watch, yeah. and from a revenue point of view, by getting the right people there because of the content and the values there, yeah. clients will say, yes, those people are there, which is a bit of a, against the norm of how expos work. It's normally, right, get as many stands in as possible and then we'll just get whoever in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, for me, the value is nice. massive. Love it. Challenges, obstacles, uh, feedback along the yeah. way as part of any person's <laughs> journey. Yeah. Have you had it in your career so far? Well, yeah, I, I look. I've. I think the last couple of years have allowed me to really look at it and think different stages. What happened? Like I go back to being seventeen, wanting to be a professional rugby player. Or as there's a lot of people out there that wanted and oh, I could have made it or whatever. Getting an ACL injury, being out for like fourteen, fifteen months, but understanding the rehab part of it and. The come, you know, there's the quote, isn't it? The comeback can be stronger than the original. Yeah. And for me, 
that is a time that I sort of look back and go, well, I could have done this better. I was 17, 18, I wanted to be out with my mates drinking, so my rehab wasn't actually that good. <laughs> um, but I look at that as something that I was in a good position to go places, had a challenge, have overcome it, which was fine, haven't gone on to play rugby at the level I wanted to or whatever, but then then I move on to being like 23, dad dying, going, that's another challenge, I had to grow up quickly, yeah, yeah. all of those things and you know that come with that, and then through the times with body power of, you know, it looks as though it's on a massive high trajectory, then you get to a point and people are going, then I think it was actually Gymshark going, we're not gonna do it again. And that felt like a domino effect of, we're not gonna do it, we're not, oh, if they're not doing it, we'll do our own thing as well. And suddenly you're losing revenue and you're thinking, well, where's this going? To then changing my mindset really of, well, actually, how do I, change the ethos of what the event is and going out and, and where's the opportunity yeah, yeah and yeah. listening to people like what well, i think one of my biggest qualities and i've been able to look at it is listening to people understanding it and then bring it into a concept um so actually that's been a brilliant thing for me of from that point of view changing what body power was this bodybuilding event to actually nice. the industry's moving on through to Covid probably has been the biggest challenge of a business that I had a lot of money invested in and had put in going totally under. It was going to be sold in March of 2020. That gets pulled, so you sort of lose life saving everything from that point of view. Through to launching a new business, the challenges of that really going from I guess being on quite a big high for like 12 years, and not that it was ever easy. But you are almost going, this is a great brand. And one of my good friends, like, um, I don't know if you know Ollie, uh, Ollie, who used to be at Simsburg, um, Ollie Bell. I, yeah. Um, but Ollie's like, Steve, look at this from the outside. He's like, and he's a brilliant commercial operator. And he's like, you've been involved and helped create a massive legacy piece brand. But it's not just a one, you're not just a one trick pony. You've actually created performance again. That's now been established in a market and then now moving, creating my own consultancy and looking what I do next, I feel as though there's been challenges all over the shop, but I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty strong believer, I just won't give up on it. And I know like, I'll get to where I want to be. And that's not, I can't see the end line, but I just know in my head, as long as I keep my head down, keep working hard, being around the right people, then things will happen. That's a huge lesson there, and thank you for saying that so authentically. Yeah. That was that there was a massive, massive lesson yeah. there. Talk and that actually leads me into talking about people influences or um, books, podcasts as well. What people have influenced you, and I guess how? And are there any particular books or podcasts that have massively impacted you? Um, I think yeah, I wouldn't tie it down to one one person. Hardly ever. Um, no, I think like work ethic is my dad growing up being a dentist self-employed and like i actually was put on reception at like the age of 11 in my summer holidays and people say oh you can speak to anyone steve and i was speaking to directors people working at um massey ferguson all these things and i love that that so he was a massive influence but then there's a lot of people like peer groups that i look at going they're doing brilliant things there's a lot of people that have got some very and i can still learn from it is um been far more regimented and far more structured in what I do yeah 
Um, but I don't. If I named one or two, I'd probably be missing my twenty thirty. <laughs> there's there's different people that have got some really good of attributes, um, and then yeah, I guess more recently, uh, you know, I look at. I was saying earlier, like big rugby fan and everything. For me, my downtime is like there's a couple of rugby podcasts, but that is me for totally zone out. But on one of the more recent ones, they said, "Oh, it's only now we've been doing this for seven years. We just did it as something, and now it's become a commercial product." And they're making like they're doing tours and that. By listening to that, has allowed me to understand their story. Um, I've listened to I don't know if you've seen the podcast how I built this or how they no. it's a guy Raz I'm trying to think but it's it's like the stories of like five guys and oh amazing like that. so it's, it's I like understanding the back stories of a lot of things yeah um, so he's actually I, great he's on I'm Steve Bartlett's one wasn't he yeah how yeah. I built this and it's guy yeah guy Raz um, and then more recently the one I'm really enjoying and it fits into probably where the in for the industry but it's got a personal element is Peter Atiyah Mm. So I've heard of it. I'm yeah, he's got yeah. his book Longevity out. Yeah, um, it's actually Nathan at TRX that put something out, and he said you should read this. And my best mate in Singapore was like, "This will potentially change people's lives." And it's it's very much about how medicine is changing to be, rather than finding the cure, actually strength, VO two max, all of these components you can help yourself live yeah. a longer life yeah um so yeah those are no no one specific thing a lot of you know sports professionals you know looking at what they did how they got there and just yeah just a culmination of loads of things it's not yeah it's not one no one influence and i think that's probably true to a lot of people yeah i think one thing that's come up as a common theme is just how wide and varied um, influences are on people who have been successful or they've yeah. made the journey they've they've been able to identify and see and absorb all those opportunities they've had on a positive way through their yeah. career Yeah. but also sometimes when it hasn't been quite good either yeah. a personal experience or um, things like that have happened in their career they have learned from that as well yeah. it's not necessarily influencing themselves it's the being open to it yeah, and embracing open, it when it happens yeah and I think for me like that like being a bit vulnerable being yeah. transparent actually is a bit of a superpower. I agree. You know, and actually, if you say something to someone, you know, I say to a load of people now, I'll message them, like, are you okay? And they'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, no, are you okay type thing? Yeah. Or if someone asks me, I'll be like, I'm in a crap day. And actually just being honest. Yeah. Because that's not a weakness. It's of course just it's being open and actually that allows you. And I think men probably more are rubbish sometimes at showing emotion and talking. Um, and that's actually sort of something I'm looking at, which we'll talk about a different time of like that whole peer to peer mentality yeah. is actually a really strong um, environment to foster the right sort of views and thoughts and processes. Nice. Have you had any luck along the way or you interpret potentially as luck along the way? Yeah, I'm sure I have. Yeah, I, but I think luck, yes, I will definitely have had some luck. But I think luck's like the culmination, the amalgamation of the right, like being prepared, having the right concept, timing, and things coming together. Like, I, I suppose, I don't believe in luck per se, but I've been lucky, yeah. I think, being, you know, around the right people or the right time or, but you can have 
you know, from that point of view, you could have the right timing, but if you don't action something, yeah, you know, but it's that balance between patience and being assertive and yeah. seizing the moment. Yeah, as well, isn't definitely. It? Um, but yeah, there's been some moments where like, oh, I've been that's brilliant timing, maybe not luck. Yeah, that's probably why I'd say a bit more is nice. the timing has worked perfectly that people would define that maybe as luck. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's, come back to that balance point again so you've mentioned a couple of times I've written it down two or three times where early on you said about the when you're young going into the events situation now it probably came not easy for you but you're much comfortable situation because you almost had that lead time there's that talk about that yeah. 10 year lead time of doing something 10 years it looks like it's overnight success but it's not typically yeah. someone's been doing it for 10 years before yeah. so you mentioned, that, you mentioned the podcast for seven years continues to doesn't mean Thinking is going to go somewhere, yeah. but there's that Coleman, there's that tipping point. Yeah. The Malcolm Gladwell book, Tipping Point, yeah. talks about that as well. Um, do you find it's hard to give the guidance to people who might be listening between that balance between understanding things take time and you've got to it, be patient so to things where you've got it, to seize them? Immediate gratification is everywhere now. Yeah. Whether it's click of a button, you should be earning six figures, you should be doing this, and it's so easy. The, it's so easy, and I. I remember like, in my tough. 20s being very much going, I want to earn my age in salary for a number of years. And that probably, probably as I got a bit older, I didn't just want that. But at the start, but yeah, without doubt, like, I think you've got to prove yourself, I think you've got to work, like hard work. Yeah. All those things, like all those people that have been successes, unless they won the lottery and come into a load of money and then you see that, like, there's a lot of hard work that's gone in and it's like you say it's, there's not overnight successes no. I think someone speak like George Heaton that represent the, the streetwear clothing brand you know he's like I'm a 10 year overnight success but they've been building and building and building Absolutely. this community and you know whether it's PR whether it's whatever it comes into a bit of a crescendo yeah. and everyone's like oh wow look where they've come from you know but it's not and yeah, that my my biggest thing to to anyone listening to sort of, uh, an earlier part of their career is like put the work in, yeah, and don't always think you or don't expect. I think that's probably one of the big things is don't expect you'll be here. Now I look at it now, being forty again. Oh, I should have when I was twenty. I was looking at as a forty year old. I should have had this, this, this. It's just not reality. It's not, which is a shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 I read a lot and I, 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 try, I try to keep learning and try to do that but I've seen that, that theme come up on several times and talk about in, good, in, um, the, good, in the Good to Great book about you, it, there is no such thing as that they, they, they interviewed all these high performing CEOs in these great companies asked the question of when what was the moment and none of them it's not about a moment no it's the flywheels <clears throat> you're pushing us around you're continuously doing yeah. things that are going to keep moving you forward yeah. that's the thing if you could go back to your 21-year-old self, we talk about the advice at the early age and the patience, and yeah. what advice would you give to your 21-year-old self that people might be listening to this could benefit from? I think my own career, I would probably take a few more risks. Um, think confidence, like I say to my daughter who's nine, I'm like, confidence to me is one, is one of the biggest traits like to be like have confidence and back it up is really a really strong trait Agreed. so I think if you can learn to be confident not arrogant and I think that there's a difference when you're younger of you see a lot of people that are very cocksure or arrogant 
but just uh, if you can be confident but put that across in justifiably the right way. Yeah, yeah exactly i think that's the risks confidence things like you know you're going to have imposter syndrome and things like that like almost take it on the chin and go with it because it actually what you learn when you're a bit older is everyone has it and pretty much <laughs> even if you know of course. um and just i think just like get your head down uh, it sounds a very easy one but get your head down do some really good work and if you put the work in if you work hard it might not you might have an awful boss and you might go i won't sit there but if you keep doing that and move up someone will uh believe in you yeah. someone will go you are um like a massive value add to our business and give you that promotion give you that pay rise so i think that you know it's very simple but it's great it's work though. hard and you know have confidence all of that resonated with me massively yeah last question before i let you go some conscious of your time is we always ask people to recommend somebody who they've come across maybe they know who would add benefit to people who listen to Love Your Career podcast if you could recommend somebody who would you recommend um, I think like there's probably a few people but someone that's been very and I'd say successful in a number of different areas someone like maybe Phil Lurney okay. who Phil's a good friend but he he's worked in the fitness industry for a number of years was an overweight kid has come through, created, become, became almost like the educator in fitness, created an online subscription, the ACA, talks around the world, has now created a product brand. Wow. Um, he's going through an investment round, all those sort of things. So he's, for me, feels someone that is, once again, it's hard work. He's very knowledgeable, and I've always said to my teams, like, if you know your subject, you're in a great position like he's very knowledgeable yeah but he's he's not just in one sort of channel he's done it in education he's been a brilliant PT at UP and Mayfair he's now got a brand that he's growing so someone like Phil is probably a good one um, amazing I've probably done a few people a disservice <laughs> as well so if you're listening but, go oh, cheers yeah no I'm just thinking from someone that's I look at that's gone oh he's done a number of different things you know and I'm sure not every one of them has been successful. And I think that's always the other thing is you don't see what sometimes brands or people don't succeed in. You only 100%. see the this worked. All the ones even though I succeed in, the, the times that are tough. Yeah. And you're down and it's yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. But you don't let anyone see that. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, it's a massive thing is like life isn't brilliant. Like social media is a highlights reel of people's lives. You know, but also, like I say, like if you are younger and you're you're starting off and you're finding something a struggle, also don't be afraid. If you can't speak to your boss or you can't speak to someone openly or someone in the team and say, "I'm finding this tough," no one thinks anything bad of you, or mm. well, they shouldn't do. Of course not. Um, and, and it's like nothing's a stupid question. That's the, we had that as a, one of our company themes early on. Yeah. No question, stupid question. I can yeah, yeah. agree. Honestly, thank you so much for your time. There's so much, it's so, overused so phrase, so much wisdom in that. So thank you for telling us your story. It's the old, that, that's why I'm losing my hair. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, you told us your story today and that, that in itself has revealed the lessons for people's career, which is why we do this podcast. Brilliant. Well, I'm glad. It's, it's great to be here and talk about it. Oh, that's great. Thanks thank so you. much. Thank you. Appreciate it.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and have taken as much out of that as I certainly did whilst in it and listened to it back as well. I think Steve covered so many great points that if you are a hiring manager um, looking to recruit or if you're looking to progress your career, I'm certain you'd have got something from it. For me, for my three things, my first one, I look right from the start, when he starts talking about being fluid and going with the flow I think he phrased it even as as winging it a bit Um, I really just felt felt that was authentic and honest and clear and said so much about him right from the word go but he summed it up by bringing it together by saying about but, but do all that, but be you and do it your way. You can listen and learn from so many things going on around you, but always do it your way. And that's something that came up in Catherine Firmer's podcast as well. My second point is the execution of an idea must be as good as an idea itself. It's something we talk about internally here and I think is vital. And people often forget that. And once you've had a great idea, that's it. It's not. The execution is, is as important, if not more so. Last one, I loved his, it's the first time I think I've cited this as well, it's he directed and clearly put a lot of thought into directing people to to a couple of podcasts and where they can learn more as well. A couple of podcasts he mentioned was Guy Raz's and Peter Rattier's, I know two that I've listened to myself as well, they're great podcasts that you can definitely learn something from. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Love Your Career podcast. The point of this podcast is simple. Listen to leaders, their stories, and improve your career.